0: The way to begin this, this Earth School lesson, which is simply perspective of each of ours on this journey thus far through this school called Earth, this little life that we get to live in these vessels. Um, there is so much to dive in. There's so much width. There's so much depth. There's so much vast space that we could cover. And then there's the space of all of those things combined on that squiggly line. Right, Lee. Oh yes, from that origin point.
1: We sure. journaled it. So, when you say origin remember. point, are you? Can you explain that from that squiggly line, that origin point? Yeah. Oh, me? Oh, sure. Anybody? Yeah, anybody.
2: Uh. So yeah, the example that we were talking about, just like a imagine, like imagine it. <laughs> We don't know so, you. We were talking about how if we needed some type of reference point, birth would be that reference point. Uh, so that, so, you know, date and time location, um, if, if that itself was the constant, we were talking about how from that point forward, I saw this really cool illustrated example of like future probability in terms of quantum reality. I actually have the drawing here still. So I made this like little drawing where there's this cone of probability because as time passes on, uh, as your cognitive skills develop, as your ability to become mobile and, you know, all, all the jazz, all, all the nine yards come into play, your ability to to increase variability increases as, as time passes on. So so the, the Y scale would be time and the, the X scale is variety of experiences. So for instance, if this was like 1990 right here, if that was the point of birth,
1: yeah. and
2: Ber- the Berlin Wall collapsed 1989, that would be an event outside of the cone of probability um, in this reality. So. Yeah, obviously the top of the cone can vary as well. There's going to be different sizes of cones because there's many there's potentially infinite parallel realities where you die as a baby or you die as a super old person. So you
1: never were born. Does that cone ever shrink back back down once you've used up all your probability and become an old man into that one future that you ended up going into? Does that make any sense?
2: Yeah, um, so this was kind of a like fourth dimensional snapshot. A fifth dimensional snap, uh, snapshot would be all the potential cones combined, and that would no longer be a cone shape, but maybe like a weird blob. If we were trying to, if we were trying to like three-dimensionally picture it, it'd be this strange multi-dimensional blob. If It was like a fifth dimensional cone level.
1: Yeah. 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 It'd kind of be a, a cloud, essentially. Mm-hmm. Interesting of all the data points. Interesting. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Well, you're
0: going to need it because, I mean, we're diving past these three dimensions. We're going Let's into the it. land of the
2: souls. So I actually want to start, Dude, the there co- maybe not start please, the conversation, please. but I want to share something. But out of curiosity, Grayson, um, are you familiar with the Seth
1: series at all? Tyler kind of showed me a little bit of it, but not really. Can you give me a quick little overview?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So quicker bridge version. Um, okay, I guess to, to tack on to that question, are you familiar with like channeled material? okay yeah 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 okay yeah it's it's kind of a it's it's different it's it's a different source of information um you know like Tyler and I have kind of connected over like Abraham hicks, for instance, you know, which is all sort of cha information. People are sort of on the fence of like is this is this real or not um i've I've had to just kind of dive deep into it and uh take the information that's given and play with it to see if it is um, applicable, real, and mm-hmm. some of it's you know, the channelers out there now are a dime a dozen, right? So you have to kind of use your, mm. use your, yeah. gut to kind of, to wade through all that and find, okay, this is legit. This is kind of weird. This is too, too much static. I don't really agree with that. Um, my, my first yeah. foray into metaphysics was through a, a book, um, actually that I found on Amazon when I was like 18, this is, this is just kind of my backstory and kind of my, my get to know you piece. Uh, when I was 18 and I was f- super ignorant about everything, um, I was really interested in lucid dreaming. There was enough information about lucid dreaming. And I was just like, oh, wow, lucid dreaming. That sounds really cool. I want to give that a try. And yeah. when I was looking at books online on Amazon, uh, this one recommendation came up saying, um, I actually have the book. Give me one second. Take it's your really time. cool. This is the first metaphysical book I ever bought and I still have it. It's kind of beat up, but right here, um, this is (laughs) Seth Dreams and Projections of Consciousness. And I was reading the reviews and everyone's like, Holy shit, this book is incredible. So I was like, okay, you know what? It's ninety nine cent it was ninety nine cents. I was like, yeah, I could spend ninety nine cents on some beat up ass book. Reading through this book and uh you know, I, I first that was my first introduction into channel stuff. I was like, okay, some disembodied spirit talks through a human and gives information. That sounds, sounds super goofy, like whatever. Yeah. But the reviews, I'm like, all right, 99 cents, it's totally worth a gamble. Holy shit. So uh, there were some exercises <laughs> that they gave. Some like, so this entity, Seth, um, kind of give some background on Seth. Seth is essentially a previous incarnation of the channel person, Jane Roberts, okay. a previous incarnation. So they're related genetically. um, And, you know, Seth died in the the 1600s. And then Seth introduces himself as this disincarnate spirit that just is really curious about gathering information, an avid learner, and just simply wants to pass on that information Mm -hmm. he's collected from the human perspective in the non-physical reality through a living actual person, because the, the information could be useful. So this book on dreams and prediction of consciousness talks about um, he talks about how the dream world kind of interplays with physical reality and gives gives some kind of core precepts about it, but then gives some exercises. And what really sold me on not just this book, but this material in general was was just testing myself, like the scientific method. Hold on. Oh shoot. Okay. Okay. So um, yeah, I, I grew up luckily, like very science-focused and very skeptical of all this jazz. Um, so I, I, but I wanted to give it an honest-to-God try. There was an exercise that he gave. It was a form of like self-hypnosis, essentially. That you, 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 this thought exercise you would do as you're falling asleep to increase the chances of having a lucid dream. Interesting. Um, and the very first night that I tried it, I had a life-changing lucid dream that just blew me out of the water and at that point i was hooked i was like okay this this dude seth i don't know what the fuck he's about but i'm about to find out i ended (laughs) up buying every i ended up buying every single book and digesting every single book he had on on everything about 10 years ago i still have the whole collection and it's totally totally changed how how i've approached life completely Um,
1: really
2: yeah it's it's this idea of knowledge is power and synchronistically there was this awesome example uh, that I can bring up. So I had this conversation with a, with a dear friend of mine, literally ten minutes before this call. We were talking about like weird shit and extraterrestrials, and she was saying how uh, certain indigenous people would literally be completely blinded to ships coming in of like Europeans because they had no yeah. idea what a ship was. Yes. So yes. It's like this, Yeah. So if you have no idea what something is, and your brain the can't spot. the blind spot. Yeah. 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 So So knowledge is power. So because I've been like downloading all this interesting information on like the nature of reality, or at least one spin off of it, it's totally affected how I've approached it. And I I know that sounds like I'm selling the book and I kind of am, but what really got me intrigued about Seth is like, like like I said, I read this whole series 10 years ago and this whole stuff, the whole series came out around between the late sixties and the early seventies. He talked about, although not in the same terms, talked about concepts of epigenetics and quantum physics and all this yes. stuff, forty yes. years ago. And as I was, so much has happened in the science community in the past ten years. Things about like epigenetics. Epigenetics is a proven thing within the past ten years, for instance.
1: Yeah, the new, new study.
2: Yeah. Yes, the new study of that. Uh, new information on quantum biology. New information on just quantum energy in general. A lot of the stuff that Seth was piping about back in back in the sixties and seventies had come to fruition. So that's when I was like, all right, this. This dude might be on to something. Um, so fast forward onto now. I had a previous conversation with Tyler about a week ago about, I remembered in my brain. I was like, okay, I remember Seth saying several things about viruses. So this is just kind of in tune about the pandemic. I thought this would be kind of a cool little launching point. So cool. I'm going to share my screen and show this, share this article that I, that I pulled up. Perfect. Do it. Fascinating stuff. And as I read this, it just resonated with me. All right can you guys see this browser window we can all right i'm just going to read it out loud real quick so cool on viruses seth speaks out on viruses and their nature and their relationship to people as we choose to activate or not to activate ever-present body elements again all about beliefs so you know seth's all about saying that your belief system is sort of the blueprint of your reality which in you know metaphysics spirituality woo-woo community that's it's par for the course so Remember what I said earlier about the connections between disease and non-disease states. Communication flashes between viruses and microbes, and they can change in the wink of an eye. Once again, then, ideas of the most optimistic nature are the biologically pertinent ones, the way towards health. So-called harmful viruses are ever-present within the body. You are rarely vulnerable to any but a small percentage, though you carry within your traces of the most deadly of them all of all time. Viruses themselves undergo transformations completely unexpected by medical men. So, you know, they go through mutations. If one virus disappears and another is found, it is never suspected that the first may have changed into the second. And yet, through certain alterations of quite natural characters, such as the case, so viruses okay. can be beneficial or deadly, according to the condition, state, and needs of the body at any given time. And just to give some biological context to any future listeners who don't have a background in biology, the way that your body creates antibodies to viruses is it literally adapts some of the genetic code in the virus into itself. That's yes. why vaccines work. You know, like yeah. So if you research how a vaccine works, you'll understand why this is the case. It keeps so a lot the
1: dead of, around, so it can remember it. Yeah, it precisely. Breaks it apart. Pieces, and that's why we have vaccines. Although I think they're, yeah. inefficient. there's a better way to deliver them, but yeah, we can get 100% I, oh, think they yeah, totally. a layer, I think it should be delivered into the upper layers of the epidermis. There was actually a TED talk on this using, um, they found a way to, tr- um, it was for malaria and they found a way to use these, um, Topical dermal patches that were like, I think they were gold nanoparticles. They were coated with that and they had the virus that was broken down on top of those and they basically put in the upper layers of the um, epidermis. And Mm. what that allowed, you have more antibodies there and more reception versus just going straight through and missing the whole epidermis and going straight into a vein into the actual um, bloodstream. And yeah, that uh, makes really sense. interesting study it was like 10 years ago and I don't think they've done anything with it, but I'm like, that is, that's kind of, I think that's how we should approach it. Let, let our immune system, let our bodies like really adapt to that. Let them, you know, do what they were designed to do yes. or, you know, evolve to do whatever way you want to look at it. Anyway, side note.
2: Yeah, no, thanks I, I for know. bringing that up. That That's a good point. Um, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was that. So viruses, we basically are, we, we do have, so th- these, these next two paragraphs are a little bit, are gonna be kind of controversial in, in today's times, but this is something that I've always carried as a belief internally. You know, Earlier, ta- Tyler, we were talking about the, the uh, efficacy of how a virus can infiltrate your immune system versus your mentality, like psych- psychosomosis. So the viruses in the body have a social cooperative existence their effects become deadly only under certain conditions. The viruses must be triggered into destructive activity. And this happens only at a certain point when the individual involved is actively seeking either death or a crisis situation biologically. So there is a conscious, whether it's conscious or subconscious, there's some level of free will that Tells your body to to the switch. Now, boom, this last paragraph hit me like a ton of bricks. To a certain extent, underlined, epidemics, are, epidemics, which we're going through right now, are the result of a mass suicide phenomenon on the parts of those involved. Biological, sociological, or even economic factors may be involved. In that, for a variety of reasons and at different levels, whole groups of individuals want to die at any given time, but in such a way that their individual deaths amount to a mass statement. Biological, sociological, or even economic factors. All three of which have been building and crescendoing to this insane amount in the past couple of years, right? So biological, we've been having fucking race issues. Like even though we thought that racism was gone a while ago in just the past couple of years, it's resurfaced and grown even more so because of like social media and transparency and all this people, the voice, Um, sociological, right? We've been having class struggles, the 1% versus the 99%, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Economic factors, right? We're, we're, we're discussing how different economic models such as communism, socialism, capitalism, free range capitalism, uh, you know, monitor cap, what all the different various economic structures, there's, this, there's been this crescendoing of just angst and confusion and anger and the desire of change. And then boom, this is happening. Another, so I'm going to start the ball off with this. I had, I had another previous conversation re- recently with a friend who, and data points this out to be the case. The majority of people who are negatively affected by the coronavirus are those that are in the 60 age group plus. Yes. The highest number of dates are coming from that range up. Now, before this pandemic, I've always had thoughts about um, subjective versus objective reality. So what makes this plane of existence so interesting is that Yes, on some level, reality is subjective and you're projecting and you're creating and you're, you're in your own little private lucid dream, but it's interplaying with everybody else's version of the lucid dream, thus we have objective reality. So ideas, you know, ideas and beliefs are sort of the, the structure, right? Right now, if you look at anybody who is in power, it is somebody who's in that age group, the 60 plus. You, know, yeah. they, you you see you see online in the meme wars i I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a, a meme collector and a meme farmer myself i love the I love the fire <laughs> memes uh, you know my, my friends okay. call me the meme lord. but um you see a lot of these memes about you know millennials going to war against the the baby boomers right mm-hmm. baby boomers all being this age group so you look at anyone in power in government in finance anyone they're all baby boomers
1: baby boomers and
2: and with a generation, what's interesting about generation is the collective ideas and belief systems that a whole generation shares the baby boomers share this whole mentality of this Anne Ryan philosophy um, Anne Ryan who wrote Atlas Shrugged. It was a huge book yeah. back at, back in the day and the book yeah. itself was just like fucking take what's yours and fuck the rest like build yourself up and fuck the. it was a very kind of a self empowering but that very unempathetic that. philosophy. Yeah. And many, and if you look back, you're doing some research. A lot of the biggest uh, history makers and playmakers that's changed the course of the events were all part of this, like really intense Anne Rhine book club.
1: You yep. know, uh,
2: Alan Greenspan, um, Ronald Reagan, uh, yeah, a, a huge number. Like you know, George Bush Senior, a whole number of people. Just like okay, like this, this is what's up. So take that philosophy, philosophy, amplify it to the to the tenth degree, and what do we have now? Well that whole mentality has brought our earth to its knees, right? So we have, we have like climate change. We have a record number of species going through extinction. Um, we have like polluted waters. Like the, it, the things things are kind of going bad. This this free range capitalism has brought us to this, almost to the brink of destruction. So yes. what the hell is this pandemic? Well, it's it's the haves versus the have-nots, the millennials versus the boomers. All this energy has just whoop, pop into what I theorize and feel like is this pandemic that's basically removing to some degree the part of the equation that is causing too much friction right so I've always I've always I would stick this to my friends all the time like as the old people die they take their beliefs with them as the baby boomer generation dies off so Charlie Chaplin
1: said that Oh really? Well, brothers. Yeah, Charlie. I'll send it to you guys. But yeah, Charlie Chaplin talks about that. He's like, yeah, they, these men will one day grow old and die, and then we will essentially inherit the earth. But it's a beautiful speech. He talks about. He's basically <sighs> he's talking about World War Two and Hitler. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I think I, I totally gel with what you're saying, man. I think it's I think it's extremely interesting to think about that. Um, to talk about a study, to talk about how kind of Earth will kind of recenter itself. Um, there was a study done in Africa. This was also about ten years ago. Another TED Talk that was really good. But essentially, what happened is these cattle farmers in Africa were losing large amounts of cattle. They were getting poisoned, and they couldn't figure out why. What's going on? The cattle are eating plants. They've ate, they've eaten for like you know x amount of decades. Like, what's going on? But they had more cattle and more and more. You know, because population grows. And what they found was these cattle were overeating the plants. And when the plants felt threatened to overeating on a point where the plant would die off because too much of its body had been eaten buy these cattle, they would actually send chemical signals to the other plants and they would change their pH. And the other plants that got the chemical signals via the air would change their pH to where it would actually become poisonous for the cattle to eat those plants. And so they actually had a biologist go in there. And once they found out that and they changed the eating habits of the cattle, the plants reverted back to normal. And the plant's pH reverted back to normal and the balance was made again. So when things get out of balance a little bit, nature has a way of communicating with itself and taking care of business. And is this part of it? It's possible. It's definitely possible. And definitely that's definitely possible. something to think about. Definitely wow. something to think about, you know? And when you think about like your microbiomes in your gut are, you know, well, sometimes in, you know, you have neurons inside your gut. Tyler and I were talking about this and that will influence your, you know, your gut influences your brain behavior. Yes. You know? Going to another study, about, I don't know if you heard about the, the, the um, there's a bacteria So there is a bacteria that can only reproduce inside the gut of a cat, but it likes to have its host inside of a rat. So what it does, they used to think it was a parasitic relationship. It would essentially knock out the smell and the fear receptors inside a male rat's brain. And so when it would smell cat urine, normally it'd be like, oh, I don't want to go there, but it would be like, oh, I don't care, whatever. So the rat had a higher probability of being eaten by the cat and thus the bacteria, you know, complete its reproductive cycle. What they found out is that the rat, actually the male rat, is testosterone was boosted by having this bacteria in his body um, and being infected by it. Thus, he would actually procreate and have more um, offspring. So he had a higher chance of dying, but he would have more offspring. So it actually was a symbiotic relationship through nature. And what's interesting, there was (laughs) was this doctor in Italy that um, was analyzing all these motorcycle deaths, and he knew about this study with these rats and they actually found that same bacteria inside male, like the motorcyclists that were dying in these large amounts found it inside their brain. So yeah. the idea that we're not connected and we can't fuck with stuff is completely asinine. We are so connected. We are so tied in everything from our guts to the soil. Everything is communicating. Everything we're doing has an outcome, you know? And if you think the placebo effect is this miraculous thing, no, it's tied into everything. So everything's yes. communicating and talking and that's what's going on right now, in my opinion. And I'm not a doctor, but I have taken some biology classes. You know, I have gone to college for that. But anyway, that's just my two cents, and I just wanted to add to what you're saying because I think it's really cool, and I think it's, it's very interesting how everything is interconnected.
2: Yes, the micro effect and the macro, always. That's yes. interesting. I didn't know it was a bacteria. I could, I could have sworn this whole time it wasn't actually a, a parasite, but it's a bacteria.
1: I think it is a bacteria. I can double check, but wow. I'm pretty sure. Because I, I that, there. That,
2: that same thing along that same vein, just to add on to it um, – there's a lot of cat owners in France and they found that a large majority of people in France have that bacteria slash parasite. And mm-hmm. they found how, yeah, like, like, you know, French men have this stereotypical thing about being Just like a little, a little, yeah, a little too machismo, a little too macho. And yeah. they factor it in
1: is part of that weird fucking cat parasite slash bacteria thing. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fascinating. It's fascinating you- yeah, you. I mean, you think about like the internet was founded off of basically off of mycelium. The guy, I forget who, what's his name at MIT, based off the internet Whoa. off of like, mycelial networks. That's what he based <sighs> it off of. And now we're finding like everything is like our, and everything does communicate. And the mycelium will actually transport mycelium network will allow plants to like. So if a tree has offspring, it can actually communicate them via um, chemical impulses in the soil, and it can actually send their offspring nutrients so they will grow. Like, there's, like, there's all this stuff going on. Super we intelligence. Think so well, we, see, we think we're so high and mighty, but we're just we're just a biological process, you know? That's what's interesting. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. It, it it honestly is just, I'll sit out there and take some mushrooms, and I'll just think about all this stuff. Or I, I won't, and I'll just look at my plants in my backyard, and I'll think about all this stuff. But, yeah, I love it. Get
2: little Absolutely. downloads from the plants. Plants like, oh, we've got, we got, we got an audience. Let's, let's uh, pass on some
1: secrets. Well, you know what's? exactly that's the thing about the (laughs) mushrooms though but if your body so if your body is hardware or wetware as we call it that the like when you take psilocybin or mushrooms or any sort of like plant-based like psychedelic or any Mm. food it doesn't have to be a psychedelic that's actually software that's stuff communicating that stuff is communicating oh yeah yeah a thousand percent uh, yes yeah and then we're just and we are we are we're getting there like we we've done it like digitally and we've created this whole like mechanical system that does it now it's digital But what we're finding is that, like, I work at a data center, right? And so, like, so I basically, so there's all these servers. And, like, I look at this thing. It's the size of a vending machine. It's worth, like, $3 bucks because it's got, like, Google Maps. It's got some banking information on it from, like, U.S. Bank. And, like, it's, like, this is why, like, Google makes so much money. It's because these data centers, right, data centers, because your data is worth so much money. But they literally have to be, it's in the DAOs right next to the dam. There has to be a transformer station to send all that power down. And it uses about three times as much power as Portland. But if you could take the power levels down, it would be such, it's so much more efficient. And you, you know how you could do that? Biological systems. I don't know if you've heard of slime mold and how like Japan basically- Oh, yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Japan reorganized the whole subway system and the structure using slime mold because they basically put these sugar, I think it was grains of sugar, in the same exact orientation. And the slime mold grew in the most efficient pattern because that's what slime mold does. It finds the most efficient route to find its food to survive. And so, it's, and it's software in itself, and that's what they're finding. And so, they're also finding that there's bacteria in the ocean with these filaments that are, like, super long, like, half a mile, but they can actually transmit data or data and, like, electricity. So, they're starting to look at these, and they just engineered, using frog cells, these living, um, essentially living robots. So, we're getting to a point where you will walk into a Hold on. You need end. to
0: define what you're speaking about here real quick. You just touched on three specific elements. The slime keep mold. going. That I'm is isn't. Gonna- that is an amazing
1: okay. I can I can go back, I can go back and talk I'm taking about a this bio stuff, break, but, but keep talking. In, in the whole, in the hole, I foresee essentially where I'm at going from a, a digital slash mechanical state to a living biological state where these things are grown. They're no longer built. Matrix. So that's that's what I yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying is that we're, bio biology is so much more efficient than any of the science, any of the mechanical stuff that we're building. And that's why we're turning to biology, you know? You're talking about epigenetics and actual genetics themselves, like understanding that code because it is software. That's yeah, exactly I'm, what it is. Totally, totally. Every, is. every great engineering invention
2: or discovery has come from inspiration through nature. Nature is the first first
1: genius engineer. Yes, exactly. And that, that, that's the source of one. genius no matter how smart we get nature is always going to be a couple steps ahead we never beat nature we're like oh we discovered that thing that happened you know the universal laws of nature you know are still there and we're still discovering what's really going on you can't you can't beat it and that's the be- that's the beauty of it the more questions we ask the more answers we get but the more questions we get you know it's a very it becomes a very philosophical thing once you start really breaking it down but i digress so tyler you wanted me to answer a couple questions
0: yeah. yeah, so slime mold, uh, anyone that wants to look that up, it is so fascinating to watch in hyperspeed. It's this yeah. yellow mold that just, it creates this superstructure that is so much more efficient. And again, to your point, it's, it's beyond our style of thinking and how we create a, a city infrastructure to be able to interconnect and interoperate um, where it intuitively was able to recreate something better than any of us humans have figured out as far as efficiency
1: goes. It's incredible. Can I ask a question. Can Anything? I, I Objectively really quick. So you talk about this coronavirus stuff. So if we, if our biology knows the most efficient method, do all of us feeling lonely and isolated and wanting to be around other people? Is that our biology telling us that we should do it? Because even with this coronavirus, maybe there's something in our biology and us interacting that's actually going to heal us a lot faster versus us segregating each other. I know it's a weird, I know it's a weird thought, but it just kind of popped into my head, and I'm thinking about like, what's the most, what's going to be the most efficient method? Inter- Interesting topic. Yeah. So. Um... You know, to add to what I was saying, I just think a lot of times we think we understand biological systems, and we are very smart, and we do get a, essentially what's going on. But I also think we might be missing the point, and I think we should kind of tune in deeper to really find out what's – I don't know if I'm making any sense. <laughs> no, making no, yeah, perfect totally sense. Are. Okay. Totally are.
2: And it does inspire some thoughts. And uh, if the conversation organically goes that way, hell yeah. Um, but to kind of kind of address the point about the whole loneliness thing, um, there's this really cool YouTube creator uh, – I'm going to butcher the pronunciation – Kurtzegott. Okay.
1: They do these –
2: You've heard of Kurtzegout, right? Like the, the really cute vector animation.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That he goes in and they talk about black holes and like black hole yes. and everything. Yes, I've seen all the videos. I love it, dude.
2: You saw, the, you saw the one on loneliness then?
1: No, I haven't seen that one yet. It's a okay. new one, right? Okay, well,
2: sometime after the talk, you have to check it out. It, it's a, a yeah. couple, couple months new, but they talked about how, um, you know, human nature, like... Enough, enough evidence has, has come about to show that we we cannot live a full and healthy life as a human completely isolated
1: we yeah. we
2: are a species that is social by nature and through through just centuries and centuries of evolution we basically have come to adapt ourselves to thrive in just small constant communities like like a tribe like a Native American tribe or a small little um, kingdom or or a village or whatever. But now because of technology, you know, you you might have heard this term, the the world has gone flat, meaning that, you know, our our transportation technology, the way that we are able to transfer information is so fast. We're not restricted by living in a community to to get resources. We can go anywhere. But what we were unconsciously doing is breaking that super long tradition of being in a community being with, and, and a community is so much more than just people you're familiar with, it's people, people that you're yeah. familiar with, people that you grow connections with that are kind of like your subfamily, family. Um, yeah. And that you have to have some level of feeling that someone has your back because evolutionary, evolutionary wise, if you were by yourself, your chances of getting eaten by a predator was so much higher. Like we
1: yeah.
2: we're, we were adapted to have each other's back and help each other out. So yeah. Um, I, I, I see, you know, technology is obviously a double-edged sword. I'm seeing a lot of positive stuff coming out of it and some negative stuff, you know, with, with anything else. But some of the positive stuff is, is seeing how people are creatively finding ways to build community. Speaking of the devil, like here we are, right? Like, we're in quarantine, Amen. but Woo! we're hanging out in a weird way that's that still feels good to the heart. So, you know, we're, yeah, it's...
0: You know what we call this, Lee? Huh? This is the quarantine. Here's what I'm doing with this one, just so you know yeah boom i'm going through and i'm putting minutes and topics wow so everything's getting transcribed uh so, impressed. so you this right
2: here so well
0: dude what, what is community and subfamily? like these are massive massive topics and we're covering them in like a minute yeah it's amazing, <laughs> it's, amazing. it's so good you're
2: amazing dude
0: you're, i got... note
2: taking is incredible
0: Thank you, brother. I actually, you, you know, I launched roots to the fruits.com, right? Yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about it. I went on to GoDaddy <laughs> today and I was searching for domains because I was like, am I going to go with Earth School now? Like, does that what makes sense? Because I told my brother and he was like, dude, Earth School, it sounds like Adventure School or something. Like, I remember going to, you know, whatever. And so I was like, oh, that's right. And so I still own Entree Progression and I still own Roots of the Fruits, but I actually developed out Roots of the Fruits. So I was editing it today. And that's where this is is dope. Yeah, that's where it's gonna land because it it actually encompasses everything. It's source to manifestation, right? The passioneering, the creationering. Like that's where all those, you know, funky worded concepts came from was all that the energetic presence that that you and I co-created like a year ago. Oh my goodness, out in Leavenworth. Woo! That was so, so incredible, man.
2: Yeah. Damn. No, I, yeah, I, I really appreciate all this, Tyler. It's, Likewise, it's the Tyler. magic, it's the magic in action, honestly.
0: Yes. Well, and you know, the, it's so funny you're bringing up, Seth, to, to begin
2: this. I don't even know which book that is. Is that number three? Um, so these excerpts are pulled from all of his books. Uh, the last one that I- I, st- I know the experts-
0: excerpts were because literally chapter seven of The Nature of Personal Reality, I listened to that same quote three times over last night between inside, oh. hot tub time, looking at the laser light. <laughs> yeah. It's so freaking powerful. I've been listening to Seth. Game changer. I, I shared um, a chunk with you and I shared with probably a dozen friends, maybe maybe more. And it was just this excerpt that's like 15 minutes and it's at the end of chapter eight or nine. I don't recall. It's it's the end of part one and it dives into the concept of uh, the cells, right? right, They're within an organ. Welcome back brother. Um, The cells, right? They make up an organ, but they're constantly living and dying within that organ right? So it's kind of its own organism, right? Yes. So that we have cells, and then a bunch of cells together make up a self, right? And so we have ourselves, but it's a bunch of our incarnations, it's a bunch of our, uh, our genetics, right? Linked backwards and forward through our linear time, uh, that equal the greater soul. Mm-hmm. And so the soul <laughs> being that it was interesting because the way that they framed it was, hey, don't feel devoid when when I tell you that the soul is not uniquely yours. You're a piece and a part of, and then they called it an oversoul. And it's like, whoa, okay, hold on. So <laughs> in the same sense that we think of a heart as one organ, right? We think of a liver as a kidney, as, you know, our intestines as one organ, but yet everything that lives within that organ, I don't know if it believes that it's you know, part of this body or if it just believes it's a part of that organ.
1: That's a good point.
2: I'm gonna, so this is just my thoughts and my beliefs. I believe that every single cell is conscious that it is participating in a collaborative, uh, collaborative effort. Like it realizes that it's part of a team and it's consciously choosing to do its best to support the, to support the whole. Mm. And I think, I think cancer is when, uh, so Seth, and you, you'll, you'll discover this in time, Seth, Seth pretty much talks about how all illness, all disease, anything that's quote unquote wrong with your body has a mental or emotional attribute. It's all psychosmosis. And if you're really into like epigenetics and you know, uh, spontaneous recovery, all that stuff, it, that, that seems to be the case. Cancer is when there's some aspect of you that's fighting against itself. You know, it's like, you might have, maybe you're holding on to like a really intense grudge, or maybe you're consciously putting yourself through something that causes your emotions to be in whack. Well, some part of yourselves are like, you know what, fuck this. If, if the ego driver is wanting to just do their own thing out of flow, then we are too. Like, we're, 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 we're going to start a, 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 a strike. Cancer is a strike.
1: Go for it, Grayson. Like, yeah. Have you ever wondered if like cancer is actually like an evolutionary process that our bodies is still working out like it's actually kind of the next step in the evolution but we're still our bodies aren't re- kind of ready for it? You ever wondered about that? Ooh, because that's, apoptosis, that's
0: apoptosis is programmed cell death and cancer just doesn't have that. It doesn't have a natural cycle of You're beginning right. birth, and end, right?
1: Yeah. It, hmm. but- <laughs> Okay, so like maybe we're slowly evolving and we're working out the kinks, right? And maybe we want to live longer. Maybe the cells know and maybe they're trying to get the sentience to this place to be like, hey, you don't necessarily have to die off. We can actually do this instead. But because we're still evolving through that process and because our minds are getting to a point where we want to live longer because, you know, the body, you know, doesn't outlast the mind. And so it's just like people having three sets of teeth, you know? It's like we are slowly evolving to a place where we're like, you know, hey, maybe this is kind of the next evolutionary step and we're fighting this thing. I don't know. Like, I've, there, I saw an episode of X-Files years ago when I was a kid that literally, like, ate other people's cancer. And it made me think, like, maybe cancer is an evolutionary, like, adaptation that we're slowly, like, evolving towards, you know? That's I don't know. a fascinating it's a, it's a take. That's awesome.
2: I, I, I would totally buy into that. Totally. Can
0: uh, I interject?
2: Yeah. Okay, so
0: Seth speaks on this uh, in, let's see, chapter 10, uh, the, The Nature of Personal Reality. And their point is that we actually, our physical existence, we can't do infinite. We can't. And so I was sitting here spinning, sitting in a hot tub, looking up at the sky and the stars, listening to Seth, eyes closed, thinking, whoa, wait a second. Peter Diamandis, Ray Kurzweil, Human Longevity Incorporated, right? All of their efforts to essentially reduce dis
2: human, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. because Ray Kurzweil talks about it as uh, human longevity escape velocity, right? So here's mm-hmm. our linear uh, transgression as a human, and then here's where our technology supersedes that. And so, Grayson, what I'm curious about is with that cancer analogy, with that cancer paradigm of hey, it just doesn't have a programmed cell death, but yet all of our cells, like we're we're an entirely new human, like all the time, every microsecond, there's so much death. Every seven in life. years is
2: a new new body. That, yeah,
0: in its entirety, and I think it's what is it a year and a half for all of our skin?
2: Sounds about right. Maybe I six months,
0: something like that. Sure. Eighty-seven <laughs> percent of facts are made up on the spot. correct. (laughs) So how does that that play together? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. Peter set out a goal that, hey, turtles can live past 700 years. So I want to live 700 years. He set that out in college. Um, Okay. Yeah, it, it seems like why not? If we go back to biblical times, which again, Seth does reference an awful lot. Uh, There's a lot of talk around Jesus, around Bible, around cultures that we acknowledge and are aware of, cultures that have not ever, like, had any written, uh, you know, way of being traced or tracked. Um, So with that said, you know, wasn't it, was it Moses that lived for
2: 700 years? Wasn't that the theory in the Bible? You lived a long ass time. Um, same with like the OG family, like Adam, Eve, their offspring, and their offspring's offspring. They would live thousands, like past a thousand years, for a long time. So, are you saying that they lived to a thousand AD? Uh, not not thousand AD. No. Back when they were like, I from from my vague recollection, they're like some of the OG humans, like Adam and Eve, and their offspring. They were according to the Bible and the different, and, you know, different uh, interpretations lived for more than a thousand years. not, not Pre-Christ, obviously. So some of the so, OG humans in the Old Testament could live a long ass time. Couldn't it be possible then that
0: the more that we're in alignment and in touch with source, in touch with God, in touch with our energy, our life force, whatever verbiage that you'd like to call the thing that, that is our life, uh, the more that we're in touch, the more that we're in flow, Like you were saying, the cancer comes from the opposing energies, Mm -hmm. right, that are pulling against each other. And so what comes out of that is this epic thing that actually just doesn't stop growing,
2: (laughs) epic Um, life. I, I'll start with saying that's a very multi-dimensional answer cancer has multiple purposes um, in some cases cancer can be the motivation for change to put you back in harmony and in some cases cancer can be the reason why you just need to need to go out I remember reading and reading the story about some like super famous uh, Indian yogi uh, he died in the like he died like seven years ago, but he was like this very influential yogi who, who like lived in a cave. He had like the most natural, organic spiritual life ever, but he died of, of like gallbladder cancer or something. He died of cancer. I was like, what? Why would a yogi who had this very pure life die of cancer? And he basically knew like this was this is just his body's way of just like exiting out of his of his role. Like he he came in for a finite amount of time and then he left. Some people have cancer because they need to change what they're doing it's a warning signal and some people have cancer because it's just their chosen way to like exit the stage
1: have you guys read the tibetan book of the dead
0: yes is that what you were just holding up
2: well
1: well parts of it not not the whole thing i gotta i gotta read the whole okay thing. okay enough said then yeah i don't know like i, th- I think about like i want to live forever i'd love to you know and maybe transmute into something else and eventually like you know meld myself with the cosmos but i think that the idea that we have these finite lives i think it's what makes them really special yes and remembering it's that scene in fight club it's not saying but knowing that one day you're gonna die like we're all we're all gonna die and like that like it's even now like i'm 33 and i'm like i'm never gonna die like no i'm never gonna die yeah like, yeah, you know,
2: even with like I, I research really heavily into Ray Kurzweil's stuff. I research in technology. I re, you know, there's, there's, I research um, new articles in science about how they found a way to manipulate the, the telomere, the telomeres, the telomeres, which are your biological clock. They found a way to to pause them. There's all these ways to pause aging that, that are coming out, but. I'm not going to lie. I want to die. I, I look, not to sound like macabre, but I look forward to biological death. There's just some part of my soul that realizes being stuck in 3D reality is actually a limitation. Yeah. So if that's the case,
0: um, if you, if you're looking forward to death in essence, right? Because mm. to a large degree, we're all looking forward to death. I mean, Steve Jobs commem- commencement address stated it so elegantly, you know, mm-hmm. that it's, it's looking death in the face that causes us to live. Yes. The finite nature causes the action, Paradox. the love, the compassion. Exactly. But as you described on our last session, uh, episode one of Earth School.
2: <laughs> Was that um, really episode one?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's you know what's funny? Is- out, dude, this is all getting published. Like, I had no idea. Absolutely.
2: I was kind of just suckered into it, but I, I appreciate that I was. So well, and really then cool. we're going
0: to pepper in all of your links and all of your, your projects and your sound engineering and your Upwork profiles and, you know, say-
1: with Grayson, his art and, you know, his hey, voices please. that he does. Tyler. I got to say, Tyler, thanks for putting this on and Lee, wonderful to meet you, dude. Likewise. You know, this isn't the end, but I'm just saying, like, thank you. But you know what? It's that awareness that this will
0: come to an end that causes us in the midst to actually enjoy the process. Yes. Yes.
2: Honor the present.
0: Yes. So how do we balance that on an emotional level? Because I'll tell you what, patience is permanence, right? So that omnipresence, that omnipotence of the soul allows us the grace of being patient. But yet- Mm -hmm. If we are only patient and we don't take actions in alignment with what we're called to, we won't manifest the results. How do we love to hear both you guys' kind of paradigms around this? How do we balance the emotion of of the mechanics of the mind, the body, the physicality, the, the birth, life, death process with the infiniteness of love, compassion, connection, life force, energy, which cannot be created or destroyed? Grayson, I'll let you
2: start. I feel like I've talked a lot in there recently.
1: <laughs> Holy shit, Tyler.
2: <laughs> he throws the big ones. No yeah. no holding back.
1: I got, No, I know what my answer is. I know exactly what my answer is. It's 42. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs>
1: obviously. I wrote
0: it down, but I haven't watched it yet. 42. You That's so funny track? you referenced
2: that, Grayson. I referenced that on our first call a week ago. I told, told him the same thing, like, you need to watch this thing, this, this movie or read the book. It's funny. Yeah yeah man <laughs>
0: Holy synchro shit, man. destiny so besides 42 60, 69 right it's the infinite it's nice. the end of the game nice
1: <laughs> yeah about the 69 I don't know like uh, how do you balance it all yeah. I mean
0: maybe not even the how right because that feels mechanical just like close your eyes, feeling state, you know, as you go through. Exactly. And this is the thing, right? The tension between the oneness and the allness and the tangible and the physical and the, um, kind of beginning, middle and endness.
1: you know, when, uh, 2019 was a Tyler knows, but Lee doesn't was a really like, it was a crazy year for me. I went through a lot of stuff, a lot of growth in 2020, 2020, uh, growth for me too. But I think, I guess to put a metaphor to it, I would say that I had to realize that I was kind of like a tree. There was no right or wrong way. I'm just being. And the tree moves in the wind and it flows through that wind, just like the fish goes through the current. You can swim against it or you can swim with it and see kind of where it takes you. And it's, you'll get a lot farther if you kind of go with the current, that flow and there's that natural flow and that energy. And I was talking to Tyler about some like deja vu and some stuff I had before I got into my job and like how everything connected together. And I've, it's For me, it's been, it's been discipline and definitely answering those deep-seated, dark things that I never wanted to answer and going through those processes. But I think being able to do it, especially in a scenario that I didn't want to be in, allowed me the clarity to kind of move through it and find my own flow and be accepting of the path that I'm going through, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's – I'm like a tree and I sway in the wind. That's, <laughs> that's about i think everything very poetic hell yeah yeah man hmm. there's no there's no wrong way that a tree grows as long as it's growing it doesn't matter you don't look at a tree and be like all oh, those branches are pointing in the wrong direction how dare that tree you know it's like you're completely accepting of it and i think we should accept ourselves just like that tree you know I think we, How uh, many
0: trees have you seen that are on the edge of a cliff? And the, the roots are just like all mangled and coming out. And it's just like... Arr! It's surviving. It, it finds... It's not only surviving, it is thriving. Finding a way.
1: a way. By the way, yeah. Lee, I like the jacket, man. I like the Dragon Ball on it. It's nice.
2: Yeah, I do, okay, I, got, I gotta do the flip around. This is... um, I got Shenron. Oh, there you go. Shenron on the back. Tyler... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Shenron? Yeah, do you know, do you know do you know Dragon Ball Z? Oh, it's the Ponzi scheme guy, right? No, what? Oh my god, Don't Shenron it, man. <laughs> I had to. I could let, let that... that one go. No, Shanron's a magical dragon that grants you any wish you want.
1: So, like all the Dragon Balls. questionly, whatever huh. happened Shanron, did they ever get all the Dragon Balls and they get like the one question did it all come to an end or did it just keep going forever?
2: No, it keeps going forever. So yeah, I, this is this is a small tangent. I'm going to answer your question, Todd, but this is a small tangent. You collect these Dragon Balls, and there's seven of them. You collect them all, and then you can summon Shenron for a wish. And after the wish is made, the the, the Dragon Balls scatter across the world again. And you have to wait a time period for for the Dragon Balls to appear again. And they would normally wish uh, something po- – the, the, the protagonist who's positive would wish something positive, like, oh, bring back my comrades from death that died in battle to save Earth.
1: And, Jazz like that. So, yeah. Okay. Good, old, good old, old Dragon Ball. Love it. Okay. Fair enough. I just didn't know. I knew like there were the Dragon Balls you collect them, but I just didn't know if it ever happened in the series.
2: Oh, yeah. They made plenty of wishes. So. Okay.
1: <laughs> awesome. I got time to uh, rewatch as soon as I finish this job in a week.
2: Yeah, dude. Yeah. As soon as you finish. um They also <laughs> released another, another tangent <laughs> for those Sorry, out Tom. there um Dragon Ball Super. So, okay. Dragon Ball Z was made in the early 90s. But yeah. they released Dragon Ball Super about 2 or 3 years ago, which is like the uh, so this is like a 20 year gap. Yeah. And it's 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 brilliant. It's really good. You might you might like it if you were a fan of the original.
1: like Trunks in the future?
2: Is that what it is? It's everyone it's everyone in the future. Yeah. It's everyone after the Cell the the Boo saga. So okay, yeah. That's a, yeah. sorry. Side <laughs> <sly> little anime <laughs> sorry. nerd. Back, my, sorry. My 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 uwu side. All right. All right. To answer your question, so Tyler uh, you asked me a bit about the nature of my, your first question last time was the nature of the soul. Like what is the nature of the soul? And i made this comment about how it's a point of awareness that's able to kind of collect this data and make decisions. Um, something I've kind of just, something that I've come to just accept and appreciate about conscious reality among humans is that there, there is this supersymmetry to biological life, right? And this, this definitely applies to how we're built. We have this, we have a left and a right side of the body Interestingly enough, the right hemisphere controls the left side mechanically, and the left side communicates the right side mechanically. And although recent studies have shown that you're not completely hemisphere. So okay, so there, there's this cliche, there's this cliche notion that the, your left brain is logical and your right brain right brain is cre- uh, creative, which for the most part is true, but it's not it's not a black and white statement of fact. Like they've shown that the, that the brain's kind of all over the place, but that's kind of inherently true. Um, but we 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 basically have two faculties that we use as a point of observation to navigate through life. We have logic; we're able to kind of create these abstractions in our mind of if A equals B and B equals C, then da 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 da. But then we also have the emotional side, and we're, we're you know our whole human experience has been how these two have either butted heads or meshed. Um, so for some people, some people through genetics, maybe partly through genetics and partly to just magics you know ma- how the soul or unique ed- the unique individual identity is created some might be a little bit more logical leaning than emotional while others are way more emotional than logical and you know I- i'm just bringing up an old cliche stereotype of like you know men are a bit more logical and women are a bit more emotional which you know in today's today's age is very uh, inflaming right like Whole hashtag feminism. No, yeah, there, there's men that are very emotional, and women that are very logical, but, but 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 there's like these but there's these strange stereotypes that appear. Um, at, at the base at the base of humanity, we are emotional creatures. No matter how logical we get, most people will always react out of emotion, whether it's out of fear or love or pleasure or pain. Earlier, Tyler, we had talked about how there is this one motivational pr- uh, principle. That directs all biological life, including plants and fungus, which is pleasure over pain. It plants, protects. it protects. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. Why? Why it would any conscious it. organism want to go towards pain? No, nothing. Nothing of the sort ever exists. We constantly want to go towards pleasure. You know, plants will always grow their plants towards the sunlight. Their their leaves for the sunlight. Fungus will always try to find the most nutrient dense patch. It just it just makes sense. It, um,
1: that that's and just the world that's the reality that we live in there is this wonderful study and I'm going to send it to you guys but it's um yeah from I call it from MIT oh sorry, my god the wine it's from MIT it's behavioral biology and it has to do with like game theory tit for tat but it talks about like bacteria and fruiting bodies whether or not a primate's going to cheat but what I would talk- love to read that oh dude I'll tell you what I'm not going to talk any anymore about it but I just know that like it adds to completely what you're saying and I'm going to send it to you guys after this Yes, don't forget.
0: That so that's going to show up in the show notes. I already got it marked. Um, okay. You
1: didn't see I'm this. See, I'm actually going to what? I'm going to send it right now.
0: Let's see. Look, these are these are the notes. And so <laughs> it's structured on a minute by minute Second. kind of basis, play Second. by Second. play. And so your accountability is it's on now, brother.
2: I'm going you, ha- to make your hand. We're going no, to make
1: your hand cramp, no, Tyler. I know.
2: Hold on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the the best part though here is that we have. Uh, Just like you had that point in the cone, right? And then everything that exists within those probabilities. This is why I wanted to get the three of us together so bad because that cone has now just grown exponentially, right? And yet we're following the same kind of rhythm where we're snaking in and out. And so it's like, oh, here's a tangent. Well, okay, we can take (laughs) other episodes that we focus in on these
2: specific tangents and run with those. Behavioral so,
1: evolution.
2: Uh, mm. sure. I still haven't. Found, I still haven't forgotten your original question, uh, Tyler, about about action versus being. I'm still going to yes. address it, but you know me. I, I like taking very long roundabouts, but it's all <laughs> context. It all it all right. all ties together.
1: Okay. So, it's sent. It is sent. Beautiful. It should be in the group text. So you can watch Hell it and yeah. check it out. Dude, it's 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 mind blowing mind-blowing like got it great nice. stuff yeah. sorry you. it's not MIT it's not sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah so I'm, I'm just gonna wrap up That's my like, answer I haven't had two glasses of wine in like four months so yeah we great. can tell
2: dude you've earned it man doing all that <laughs>
1: doing like 60 hours a week shit yeah I well <laughs> I think thing, so side note I was not gonna drink for 2020 and then I started dating this yoga instructor and we ended up having like a glass of wine. And I'm like, you know, why am I punishing myself? But I do, I don't, I don't drink every day and I just have wine. Um, and like I said, first time I've had wine in like. You know what? Yeah.
2: Jesus drank wine.
1: <laughs> Apparently it turned
0: water into Jesus wine. Jesus didn't
2: drink tequila, but the dude no. drank wine. He did, he
1: did drink tequila, <laughs> tequila. although I've, I've done that. Anyway, try to interject. Pardon me. All right, Andromeda,
0: let's hear your answer. It's it's yeah, you know, yeah. from 15 minutes
2: oh. ago. Yeah. So a- action action versus action versus being. Um, so everybody, uh, you you know. So I was talking about how people are there's like left brain versus right brain and all that stuff. I'm I'm gonna just throw in some personal anecdotal experience. I've been very very left brain most of my life, and we've gotten to a point to where left brain by itself can still lead you feeling depressed. At the end of the day, we're an emotional species. If you are logically doing everything by the book, you can still feel like a piece of shit. You can still feel like you're empty, your, your life is empty and it's not worth anything. So, okay, so what, you, you live by your guts? Well, there's plenty of anecdotal evidence out there, like infinite stories out there of, I just listened to my gut and because I did, I avoided this terrible situation or blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, so, what, so, you're, so you just listen completely by, the, by, by your emotion, well, not necessarily. Sometimes your emotions will lead you to a destructive choice, such as addiction or a bad relationship or all that stuff. So where's that balance? Um, I, I, there is this uh, Bashar, who's one of my, my mentors as a channel, talks about how... So w- the way that we're able to in- interpret 3D reality in terms of its depth is we have, we, have to, we have to have two points of vision, the left and the right eye people that are actually blind in one Mm -hmm. eye actually lack depth, right? They, They lack depth perception. So he explained that the mind and the heart need to work in conjunction, just like two eyes. You have the mind and the heart as a bifocal pinpoint to a convex point that makes that gives you the clearest point so Ooh. this this is this is a point that's just but the thing is is like everybody's so different everybody has their own pers- per perspective lens right prescription everyone has their own unique prescription their prescription lens of how much of e- each they need to apply to find the truth uh, and that just comes from that just comes through experience. So I, I, I'm happy to report that at this point in my life, I've gotten to a point where I can logically like think, okay, here's all the pros and cons. And then I sink to my gut. and My gut's like, you know mm. what, out of all these choices, this is what's up, homie. And then boom, scientific method. Okay. Using my logic and my heart in conjunction has given me collectively over time, the best fucking outcome. So.
0: so I love this. Oh my goodness. I put multiple stars next to this. Okay. Gandalf, they're in the cave. They're going through Gamoria. And they're, so they're, seeing, <laughs> they're seeing oh, all the so doors off. and they're like, shit, what do we do now? Staff down, weapons down. People are sitting and Gandalf says, that's the way. And he points that's to weird. this one and I forget who it was that asked him. It was probably Frodo. He says, how do you know? And he says, it smells good. <laughs> That's good. It smells like good. <laughs> oh, amen, right. Lee. That is such a clear, powerful yeah, understanding yeah. of the dichotomy that exists within yeah. all of us. If we live too yeah. much in either duality, you know, if we're too much heart, and we don't use our brain at all, then we're, we're probably not gonna get where we want to go.
2: Right? Can, I, can, I, I throw, can I throw some fun scientific context into this though, as to why know. the gut might be actually right scientifically? Wait, so, could it be you,
0: that neurons exist in the gut before they're anywhere else in the body,
2: like the heart or the mind? Well, yeah, so like, so, so, research, recent bioquantum research has shown that for instance, like people, like high performing athletes, they're able computations in their mind faster than actual communication through bioelectricity travels to the cells so so from the physical reality how because like like we're we're biological machines right your synapse makes a spark and then our action our reactions are faster in some cases than that communicate that communicated line is able to to, to process so your your intelligent biology is already on the quantum realm right so the The Seth series kind of alludes to this and other things I've read have also alluded to this, but there's quantum biology. So check this out. Going back to the 4D versus 5D. If you are listening and you are present and you are tapped into your body, your AKA your gut. Your body is already like your 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 cell intelligence that's already connected to the quantum level is already tapped into all the probabilities. And it's like, yo, dude, in this probability where you stay in the car with your friend and he's kind of drunk and he's driving, you're gonna fly. If you're really tuned in, <laughs> your your body is like already running the probability calculations of like oh yo, yo, bro, these choices equal these probabilities. I'm gonna make you feel bad about it. Listen to me. Yes. Listen to me. So in Uh-oh. a sense, although it's not proven, I believe that the body intelligence is quantum quantumly processing all of its parallel realities at once. And it's kind Woo! of giving you an indication. I'm trying to look out for you because if you live, then I live and it's all Gucci. You know, you know what I'm saying, son? Oh, man, Lee,
1: that's some good shit. The legend of so, Lee.
2: Thanks,
0: so- guys. Oh. <laughs> Grayson, so take fine. it away,
1: brother. So if my guts tell me to call that yoga instructor I used to date, like, what am I supposed to do, man? <laughs> you gotta listen. That yoga instructor might have some some
2: extra pearls of wisdom or some fun experiences to give you. Ah, we
1: we've done both those things, but yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting what you say. That is yeah. interesting. I literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting facts, man. Some to put so, perspective.
0: okay. You were just bringing up that. Um, our cells are connected, so our, our cells are fully intuitive, right? They don't have mechanical thinking mind. They have intuitive direction and guidance, which is gifted to us, our our little little us, right? The the fifty billion plus, uh, yeah. m- many uses uh, from the quantum field, the the source that is all sources from God force, life force, energy, however you want to define it, and they're actually. Feeling into all those potential realities and giving you the clearest vibration as we were talking about the soundtrack of our life, right? The soundtrack of our soul having a signature sound. Is that the the culmination through ourselves? So then listening to our bodies on a quantum level. I mean, you hear it all the time, right? With professional athletes, like I'm huge into basketball. And so I hear Dame talking about it. Yeah, the game's slowing down and you see it. Right, LeBron literally sees things happening on the court before they happen.
1: Right? Yeah. See the title of this book? Can you see it? Uh, No. Uh. Give me a second. This book. Can you see it? Future of the Human Body. This thing basically what is? It's not. It's not somebody writing a book specifically about that. It's a glossary. It's literally a glossary, and it's got all these scientific notations. Like it's got, tumor meditation, telekinesis. Uh, psychological mechanisms involved in hypnotic pain control pain reduction and contemplative activity and you go into like hold on give me a second jewish mystics the yogic bear the yogic burials of the har- hari hariadas yeah extrasensory powers this book dude it is literally a gl- glossary and you can look up all the articles it's got them all in there one by one and like what we're <laughs> talking about right now that stuff completely ties into It talks about like quarterbacks, like throwing footballs and knowing exactly where they need to go and not even like thinking about it. They're just completely tuned in and they know before it happens. Exactly. The
0: expression. Yeah. The expression is I could do it with my eyes closed, but what if it's not actually an expression? What if that's the ultimate truth?
1: Well, it is because you feel it because you're, you're tuned into all that. Think about this. Okay. Look, if plants can communicate without brains and it's just strictly chemical signals, you don't think human beings are doing that. Like with pheromones, you don't think you can figure – like, okay, look, you go back like 30,000 years to the Ice Age, and there was only like 12,000 human beings left, right? And they all seem to fi- find each other over this giant expanse of the earth in like crazy conditions. You think that we're not communicating with each other on a level that's outside of our senses? Of course we are. Yeah. Have you have you
2: have you ever heard of the um, – oh, fuck, I forgot the name. But it's I'll, – I'll find it again, and I'll send it to you later, Tyler, because I know you're taking – phone uh, book references and all that jazz. It's, I, think it's, I think it's called the heart code or something. This doctor researched about, he, he, his theory in this book was that every time your heart beats, it sends out this electromagnetic pulse. And this electromagnetic pulse, uh, it spread, I don't know the exact diameter of, of this pulse, like how it reaches out. But um, we, we had talked last time, Tyler, about how intelligent life, including plants and animals, they're hooked to, to this like weird internet of thought, which is this electromagnetic grid. Well, m- okay, may- maybe I didn't talk to you about this, but um, there's this one company that's been selling both scuba diving suits and hunting gear that has like very fine uh, metal that's meshed within it. So it's like you're wearing a Faraday cage. So it blocks yeah. that electromagnetic frequency. And this yeah. allows hunters and fishers to get super close to their prey
1: Sharks, People yeah. They...
2: Sh- sharks, shrimp, e- everything. It's it's yeah. insane. Um, yeah. Okay, so I have some very bizarre synchrony so that's just happened right now. Uh, I feel bad. Uh, my girlfriend, who is tr- using my sister's car to pick up my sister, she's broken down on the freeway. So unfortunately, I'm going to have go to go save her. One, which, honestly, like I, I wanted to keep talking with you guys, but we can. we can. I would love if we could set up a round two. That'd be dope. This has been super awesome.
1: I yeah, could do it tomorrow.
2: We could go what tomorrow. Time, what time tomorrow? Maybe what the same time?
1: time? Uh, any, we could do the same time tomorrow. Um, yeah, that would work.
2: I'm more free towards the evening-ish. Tyler, yeah, what do you, you. think? Oh, I, <laughs> I'm wide open.
0: <laughs> I you guys are my priority. That's, that's what I've got to say about oh, that. This is – This is like, it's such a joy, like having these conversations in isolation feels like such a disservice to to my former self and my future self, right? As I look back on all the lessons that have been learned Mm. and how much I've tuned in to so many different sources of what I would consider inspiration or wisdom. Like this is all we're doing right now is we're capturing these incredible conversations. And I have a feeling other people are gonna really, really appreciate this and want to join in. So ultimately that's the goal, right? That's that's what we're doing here is that we're building this community, right? This this whole concept around Roots to the Fruits is this beginning, middle and end. It's this, you know, it's, it's the heart and the head. It's that hybridization of both and how do we actually play in this game of life in the most compassionate, effective, energetic, supportive, loving, playful manner so that we get to manifest nothing but the best feelings possible and the best friendships, the best depth of experiences, be able to close our eyes and throw a football exactly where it needs to go, right? Hoist up a shot from three quarters of the court and know it's gonna go in. Yeah, yeah.
2: Beautiful, wonderfully said. I mean, just t- I just tied it all together. Like this is this is right now in the present, at least in my mind, a demonstration of all this. Like my my from the from the previous conversation, like my heart has been wanting to do something to share all this, uh, but but my logical mind, as skewed as it is, just like you're just gonna you're just gonna inflame people, or they're not gonna listen, or da 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 da. But Tyler, this is why like we this is why we we need friends and communities. You had enough heart to push past that on my behalf. So bless you guys. Honestly. Hey, Amen.
1: Lee, hey, good man, to meet brother. you. Dude. Like Dude. I'm yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic, dude. I'm Great. super stoked. I must. Dude. All right. Yes. Go
0: save Mikel. Thank you so much, man. This has been tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I, dude. That's my favorite emoji. Now, this is the one that I use the live long and prosper. Our family. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, all right, dudes. Well, this has been absolutely tremendous. Do we want to? We want to just do the same time tomorrow? I guess we'll just we'll just coordinate. But yeah, I'm gonna get all this probably. stuff in the transcription. So I'll I'll share the links with you guys. Did you get the prior stuff that I had shared on Otter? Yeah. Just so you know, like, with Otter, what's so dope is you can listen at 1.25, you can listen at 1.5, you can listen at 2x, and you can watch going through the digital transcription. And so I, I'm literally editing as we speak and now i have a team that's doing this for avanti so they're going to be folded into doing this for roots of the fruits and and for our uh mental our spiritual and our curiosities of what this world is what this life is what this existence is all about and how to enjoy it the most well amen
2: (laughs) amen
0: (laughs) that's fantastic tyler (laughs) All all right love you guys